from the center of the universe and the home of your Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. It's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos postgame reaction podcast brought to you by Something in the Water Brewing as the Toronto Argonauts lose in the Eastern final, not just lose, get blown out 38-17 to the Montreal Alouettes. JB and I are here for maybe maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of therapy and we'll try to talk through what we saw today. Obviously there's going to be some really disappointed Argos fans after what was a historic season and you hate to see it end this way. But JB before we get to the recap and going through all the uh, all the reasons that uh, the Argos lost today and what happened. Let's talk first about something in the water brewing. It was awesome that we got to go down there pregame and hang out with so many listeners. It, it was great to see. I think that was probably our best turnout yet. We've done a bunch of events at something in the water. It's the perfect location for for what we're doing and covering the Argos. There's steps from Lamport Stadium where the Argos practice, steps from BMO Field, and it was awesome to see so many of you out today supporting something in the water, our title sponsor at this event. And yeah, there were giveaways, hot dogs, beer, great beer, and uh, really cool to catch up with so many listeners and um, you know, guys coming in from, from Ottawa, from all over the place, locals, guys that were just coming from around the corner, uh, yeah, JB, it was it was it was great to see the support like that at something in the water. Yeah, fantastic! It was a really nice start to the day, and the good mood and uh, delicious beer. Um, yeah, it was uh, you know delicious hot dogs. It was a yeah, it was a terrific start to what turned out to be a less than glorious day. It was, in fact, the highlight by far of the, of the day because it went downhill after we left something in the water. Uh, let's let's go through what happened today, JB. Like. I guess in a nutshell, this was this was the game that the Argos hadn't played all year. They have been so steady. Even when Chad Kelly wasn't great, he didn't have a bad game all season. There were games where he was fine and games where he was great, but that was it. And today, this this is on Chad Kelly. He he played probably the worst game. This might be the worst game of his life. I don't know what all of his high school games were like. I can't imagine he had a performance um, worse than this. And I think he would probably say that himself. I, I would think, I don't know. But he just did not look anything like Chad Kelly. He was all season long the best player in the CFL. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm at a loss for what happened today. Like, how do you how do you read this on a day where the defense was lights out? Special teams was hit and miss, but the offense was was negative. Uh, well, I mean, this, this was the, the Chad Kelly that we thought we might see in the first four games of the season, um, a bit overwhelmed, um, trying too hard, holding on to the ball too long, not necessarily recognizing what he's seeing, um, a little frantic in the pocket. It, yeah, it's, there's no way to, to shine it. I mean, it's a terrible performance by you know a first year quarterback i mean there is an aspect to it like there's a reason why veterans win gray cups um there's a reason why um you know teams that are veteran laden have a better shot at the championship it's because like winning in the playoffs is very different than winning in the regular season and he looked like a quarterback playing you know starting his first playoff game 
And I really didn't think we would see that from him because he's played in high pressure games before. Like we've seen him. I mean, no, like at, I mean, at Ole Miss, where he he beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa, he beats Georgia. Like these these are stadiums filled with a hundred thousand people screaming, and he's excelled in those situations. And so I didn't see this coming at all. And I'm not sure it would have been this way had that first pick not happened. I think that was that was what set the tone for the game. The Argos take the ball to start. Montreal wins the coin toss. They defer. Argos take the ball. The Argos drive the length of the field. They get down inside the ten yard line. And Chad Kelly throws a 111-yard pick six on on a play that it's just a ball that he he shouldn't have thrown, and we'll talk about that in a second. But if that drive ends in a touchdown and Toronto goes up seven nothing, right. there's no doubt in my mind they, they win, win this the game. game by, they win the game by three touchdowns easily. That's what easily. it should have been. Like Montreal yeah. couldn't do anything offensively. They were they were inept no. offensively. They couldn't run the ball every time they drop back to pass. They were sacked, but Toronto handed them really 28 points. They they had two pick sixes, the kick return touchdown, and then the one touchdown the defense led up started on the Toronto 29-yard line. And so and they were given a fresh set of downs. Right. And yeah, and there was yeah, they were given a fresh set of downs on that drive and had like 10 shots from from the 5-yard line. It was the defense could not have played better. They were fantastic today. They were playing lights out football. But the yeah, offense was, was negative, like I said. It, I, exactly. We had seen games like that from McLeod the year before where the wheels just came off. Um, and really, that's why I was so confident about this game, because in my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, you would have to have for Montreal to win. They would have to be, you know, a special teams touchdown, at least two pick sixes. <laughs> and and there I, were. <laughs> I, right. And I just didn't see how that was going to be possible. And then, of course, um, you know, unfortunately, Chad threw four interceptions, two pick sixes, and there was a kick return touchdown. Um, it 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 was really well. I think there's a couple things. Um, we talked during the season. One of the weaknesses that I saw that that Chad Kelly had all season was he was not very good. Uh, Fifteen yards and in in the air. Um, he just was not very good 15 yards and in. I don't know why, um, but it was not something that he excelled at. And that came to pass again, uh, that he just was not good at throwing the ball in the red zone. Um, because, that you know, that was such a predetermined pass to start the game. You know, he's, he's done that a couple of times where he's thrown slants directly into the hands of defenders which is what happened there like that has to be predetermined he just simply decided that the overload was going to work and i'm going to throw this ball and uh he just can't throw that ball uh you just as a you know as a quarterback you you can't do that and then he just seemed to have a heart he just didn't seem to be able to get over it the way he got over picks before he's thrown picks um, but it just seemed like his mind was racing. You know, he um, he had that terrible uh, sack fumble where he held on to the ball for way too long while being pursued by Lemon. He had the throw across his body while being pursued. Um, he, he really seemed hesitant to run, which I found really disappointing because there were a number of times he easily could have gotten a first down or at the very least a good chunk. And in fact, when he started to run was the only time the Argo offense um, looked explosive. Uh, we talked about a pregame. I, I don't know why 
he didn't run more. I don't know why he didn't tuck the ball away and and go on on those picks because um, he hadn't shown that all season. And I'm sure it was confounding to the coaches because that's not who he was all season. And essentially, he single-handedly uh, lit the Argos on fire tonight. Yeah, I, and I, I don't. I, I was frustrated by the lack of running too because I that was my one thing. I felt like Montreal would not be able to have an answer for all three of AJ Olette, the receivers downfield, and Chad Kelly running. I felt like if if they could do all three, Montreal would, would be able to stop two, maybe, but not three. And there were opportunities. They kept sending a three man rush, and it would open up in front of Chad. He'd step up into the pocket, look like he was going to go. And then instead throw it. And there was all sorts of space a number of times where he could have run for first downs and and still not even taken a hit and, and slid before before getting hit. But in a playoff game, I think you got you have to do that. You have to take what they're giving you. And if if it opens up and you can get a first down, take it. Go get the first down. That's what Fajardo did when he had opportunities, when he escaped the pocket. One of the few things that Montreal got working for them today was Fajardo on the move. And Toronto had trouble with that when he escaped the pocket. So that, that's something that I think he'll look back and watch the film and sort of realize, yeah, I, I should have gone. Now, that said, I don't want him to think about that too much because getting to like next season, like that's not how you want to play in the regular season. You don't want him taking hits and, and running for 10 carries a game. But in a playoff game like this, that would have been the time to open up that uh, like, that, that strategy that they just haven't used all year. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'm I'm saying this in hindsight. Um, I do think that that was a game where it would have been nice to have a veteran quarterback on the sideline to put in. Yeah, and there was no option. Like, that's, Mike Hogan asked me that after, but I think if, it was at the end of the... if they had had a veteran, the veteran most assuredly would have gone in in the third quarter. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, that's... Clearly, you know, and maybe not for the rest of the game, but but you needed a change because clearly... Um, you know, starting with that sack fumble at the end of the at the end of the half, like, uh, you know, Chad's brain was clearly on, you know, was racing. Yeah, you know, he 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 essentially was on tilt. You know, like he just the clock in his head was not working. I guess maybe he was experiencing more pass rush than than he had all season. Um, and so like that was, you know, he spent, he definitely didn't spend much of the season running for his life. And so that, that clearly seemed to rattle him a little bit. Um, but I don't know why he, I, I still don't know why he tried to pass once he was chased out of the pocket. I don't know why he didn't just simply tuck it away, uh, and run. Uh, I, I don't know why he was trying to pass. It just didn't, didn't make any sense to me. Like in Canadian football, when you get outside the pocket, just keep going. Yeah, and I think he'll see that and learn from that. I didn't actually feel like he was under a lot of pressure early. Not constantly, in but on the on the interception plays, he was. Like, yeah, and that's uh, yeah. I, I think there were a lot of plays where he had lots of time, and then late there was pressure. But yeah, he didn't certainly respond well to to being on the move, which again is something he has. Like when he leaves the pocket, usually that's trouble for the defense because he's found guys uh, when he's outside the pocket, but. I, I don't think, today. yeah, and it, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to say what I, what he was experiencing, but it felt like when, when young players or young quarterbacks are, you know, when, when it be, when they're, 
when it becomes frantic, they're not seeing the field at all. I just don't think he saw the field at all. No, and especially you know, after that second pick, I think right. that's when things really started to turn. The first one was, you know, the first one was fine. It was a mistake, but he's made those before and he's bounced 100%. back just fine. I, honestly, I was perfectly fine. I mean, it was unfortunate to turn into a six. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, okay, I mean, I've, I've certainly seen him throw those red zone picks. It, it's something he does. Um, I wasn't that worried. And to be honest, I wasn't even worried until the sack fumble when I was like, he is really not um like connected this game like he's being chased he has to know like he saw like he he had to have seen the pass rusher come up the field to his left and when he rolled out to the right he has to know that lemon is chasing him down and that he has to get rid of that ball you know like he just has to be aware of that that even that if you don't is, see it you know you're on a clock like you know where the guys are even if you didn't see him rushing and you know you can't just stand back there after rolling out forever because the offensive linemen they they're not blocking right. for you on that spot and so eventually guys are going to get free and he just waited he was trying to direct traffic downfield didn't see what he liked but you and you that's know, you not his either... game right like that right. is not his game the the rollout game you know in the way that it is Caleros's game so it just seemed unusual to me that he he suddenly was trying to do this sort of rollout quarterbacking, which has not been something he's done all season. You know, it, that's not what that is not his strength. And uh, he's good on the planned rollouts, but yes, not on yes, the escape. No. Like usually, when you escape like that, that's when I'd like to see him run. But yeah, he didn't didn't seem to see that. And I, like, what's amazing is you think about how good Toronto's been at protecting the football all season. They had a league low 27 turnovers all year. They had nine turnovers today. You had four interceptions, the lost fumble, and the four turnovers on downs, uh, which is just crushing. And that counts as nine turnovers. So a third of their season's turnovers came in one game. 27 turnovers over 18, nine today. And and all of them with the, the ball in Chad Kelly's hand. Uh, it's... Yeah, even those, even those, well, let's talk through some of, let's, let's talk about those picks first. So the first pick, and, and maybe before we even get to that, I think it is important to point out, like, I, I don't want it to seem like we're piling on Chad Kelly and saying, like, you know, what is this guy doing? How, like, Chad Kelly had the best season of anybody in the CFL. He was the CFL's best player this year. Next year, I expect Chad Kelly to have Toronto in the Grey Cup conversation right from the word go. I'm not in any way giving up on no. Chad Kelly, and I expect him to be the best quarterback in the Look, CFL next Peyton year. Manning, Peyton Manning had lots of playoff meltdowns right. in the first three years of his yeah, career. Yeah, early did, especially, yeah. Right, as did many, you know, like that. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, the it's, it's not, to be honest, it's not unexpected because that's usually what happens to... Uh, young quarterbacks, you know, like you look who's left in the playoffs. There are no other quarterbacks in their first season, uh, you know, playing. I mean, like, you know, Fajardo's been playing since the late 70s. And, <laughs> you, you, you know, Caleros has been around forever. And Adam's like, this, you know, this is a game for vets, you know, when you get into this part of the season. And I think it was um, an important step in Chad's development um, as, as bitter you know, as it tastes right now, 
I do think it's probably a step that you cannot skip over. And the same way Rourke did not lead the BC Lions to a great cup last year. So Fajardo is two years older than Chad Kelly. <laughs> He's just been around a long time. It feels like it, but he hasn't really. Like he hasn't he hasn't been in the league for ten years. Like he's it just but it, but he's had experience and he's been there and he's you know it's he's a name obviously in the yeah he's got some tread league. on his tires. Yeah. No, time. he does, and he's been on multiple teams, so it is different. Yeah. Um, let's let's look at some of those those plays. So that that first pick that was uh, such a game changer. What I saw in that was, uh, to me, that was more of a math mistake than anything. It was a play-action pass. Yeah, Tommy Neal coming across the formation. He saw DeCroix, I'm sure, coming down from that safety spot. I believe it was cover zero. I still haven't seen a replay of this one. It was weird. Up in the booth today, Hoagie and I usually get a lot of replays after a play happens. We weren't really getting any today. So I still haven't seen a lot of these plays on replay. But what I saw was Dequa come down into the box. And I think Kelly must have thought he was coming up for run support. And when Neil leaked out into the flat, Dequa scraped along the line and went with him. And I think Chad was thinking the safety's down for a run. That means there's nobody out wide. Nobody's left. And so when he was under pressure, he just kind of flung it sidearm thinking with just my guy out there. But uh, he didn't yeah, for the sidearm to me feels more like I think I can sneak this in. Maybe I I don't think he saw, I don't think he knew he was there. I think he thought I, Neil was would, wide I open. Would, yeah, maybe the sidearm to me feels more like, I you know, a little hero ballish. I I didn't love the play call. I, I'm a yeah, I don't like I'm the play a, call either. But. You know, I'm I'm you know I'm like look, AJ just ran the ball. Okay, run the ball, run the ball. You know what? What we don't need this play. We don't need. Also, if you're going to throw the ball, throw the ball in the end zone, not an out, where so many things can go wrong in an out. It like that from a defensive back point of view, you're praying for an out because that's such an easy pick when you're in the red zone and you're not backing up. Like that, that's like you know, it's like practice. It's perfect. You just uh, you know jump cut that uh, that out. Like I I I can't say enough how much I hate the out call um, in the red zone and no uh, running play. And if you're going to throw, throw into the end zone. You know, I just, I did not, you know, to me, that's not a call. That's a bad play call. I don't like that play design. And I thought that that was, that was a really unfortunate mistake by the, by the coaching staff. And then from there, the other picks too, were just odd plays. Like the, the, the pick that Stubblefield had looked like to me that Montreal was in cover four and they had a, a sort of a, a variation of a, a dagger concept where you had Brissette breaking into a dig route from from deep with the second man in clearing out. And those are great against cover four, but he just never looked for those underneath guys dropping back. And Stubblefield dropped back from the beginning. He's watching Chad Kelly's eyes the whole time, drifting, drifting, drifting. And he's easily able to pick that off. Is yeah, that he stared down the just, receiver on that yeah, play. Yeah, just, just waited for that to happen. And and Stubblefield's had a great season. He's done that to a, a bunch of quarterbacks and, and been a general nuisance. One. I think that's a nice play. Like, to be honest... You shouldn't stare down your receiver, of course, but I think that's that's a great play by a great defender. Um, I I can live with that pick. Uh, it's the other three that I thought were just you know unfortunately inexcusable. What do you make of the third and one situation? So in the past yeah. they've brought Cam Dukes in for that, which we've criticized because I like Chad Kelly way more as a quarterback sneak guy than Cam Dukes, but maybe it was maybe you know this is a hindsight thing because I would have left him out there too. 
But I, maybe I, not having to do it all season long makes it a tougher thing to ask. I, I didn't think either of Chad's fault. I know that Dukes ended up getting that one later. Um, so so maybe he should have been there. But it to me it just felt like the the defensive line fired off. Um, whether the you know they needed to go not on one, but the, the I, I they just lost that fight. Like I think you've got to win that fight. The the, the Montreal defensive line on both those plays were just in the backfield. Like there just was no push whatsoever. I, I think that's on the line, not on Kelly. Uh, one of them, Kelly ran into the back of Dijon Allen. Uh, yeah, I don't no. I don't quite know how Allen ended up there. He seemed to be pinching down. And when Chad went, he got stood up because he ran into Allen's hip. And that was, it wasn't even close. He didn't, I don't even think he even got back to the line of scrimmage. No, I mean, what you might not run that second one because the first one went so like definitively to Montreal. Right. At that point, you might think, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is, you know, that's not here. Let's do something else. Let's, you know, let's give, which they did later in the game. Like, let's give AJ the ball because we are not getting the push on these plays. And, you know, AJ converted that one down, you know, he near did. the red zone. He did. And the the other sneak, it was a different thing that went wrong. It was both Lemon and, uh, who was it, Johnson, I think. Both Lemon and Johnson somehow came through their gaps. And on those short yardage plays, like Lemon are usually foot-to-foot splits. There's not a gap to come through. That's the whole point of it. You're right. You're, you're kind of like a, a sledgehammer going forward, but both guys came through and they both like clothesline slammed at Chad Kelly to the ground. So that was, I, I don't know that I've seen that. I don't think I've seen quarterback sneaks blow up that badly since early in the season against BC. You remember that in the BC blowout in 2021, uh, where they, was that last year? I can't remember which. I think it's all, it's all, it's all combined together. But I think it was last season in BC where they had three quarterback sneaks all go sideways. Um, I haven't seen anything like that since. So, uh, yeah, they needed clearly to get away from that. That was a huge problem. Uh, but let's go to the other side of the ball. The defense. This yeah. was one of their best games of the season. It's yeah, not that amazing. Montreal's offense is elite, but. They're good. They're efficient. And the Toronto defense turned them upside down. Yeah, they, they had nothing. They, I mean, the one touchdown they scored, they had like six shots at it. That was a, you know, that was a tough play for, for Oakman to get that penalty. Um, the, the defense dominated. They, they were sacking. They kept giving the ball back to the offense. They kept giving the offense chances. The offense did not put any drives together, did not give them decent field position. And yet the defense absolutely kept them in that game <laughs> until the offense went into hyperdrive in terms of their attempt to destroy the game. Um, I, I feel bad for those defensive guys. They played amazing. They dominated. Um, you look at the Montreal statistics, They it looks like a game they lost by 30. Oh, it does. The Cody um, Fajardo had 175 passing. Right. Uh, Stanbeck had 15 yards rushing on nine carries. Right. They had they had like sixty yards rushing as a team. Fajardo was sacked seven times. I know, I know. I can't. I feel so bad for those defensive guys because th- that was the other reason. Honestly, that's why I was so confident. I was like, how could how could they possibly lose with the defense that good? And you know, turning the ball over forty two times um, is gonna is gonna cost you. And uh, you know, the the you know, um, I, I thought that. Uh, 
the line played fantastic. The line got pressure. Seven sacks. I know. You know, I, know. Um, I thought, I thought you know, on offense, I did think AJ looked spry and I thought he looked really good, to be honest. I don't, you know, I know it's hard for him to do to, to be productive when, when other things are on fire, but I thought that, um, I thought he looked really, really good. But, um, you know, everybody looked really good. The defensive line looked good. Um, the secondary got the turnover before the offense immediately gave it back. Uh, it was one of the most one-sided um, events, you know, that that I've seen. I, you know, I think I think that that's that's a tough pill for a, a football team to swallow when uh, you know when one side is playing elite championship ball and the other side is in uh, a Chernobyl like meltdown. It was so extreme, and it needed to be like that's right. again like if 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 the offense was just bad. Right, the Argos win this game by by right. ten points. They just can't turn the ball over nine times. No, that's too many. And they can't throw two pick sixes. Also, too many. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you know, I mean, so the defense played fantastic. Um, I thought the kick return was. I mean, there was clearly a, a block in the back as the Argo went flying through the shot on the replay, and you know, I I don't know why that was called, and it's unfortunate that that can't be challenged because that was clearly blocking the back. Um, I mean, it's bad timing, unfortunately. You know, the Argos were just getting back into it, and then that was just a dagger. Um, but that even that kick return is not the difference, you know. It no, just, that wasn't like special teams. You would like not to give up a kick return touchdown, but that was not that wasn't the problem. It wasn't special teams that were the problem. It was it was the offense uh, running negative that that was the problem today. But it's just so like I, I'm I'm beside myself because it they just haven't played like that all year now you have to give some credit to Montreal Montreal's defense is really good Montreal has played incredible football down the stretch they're the hottest team in the CFL coming into this game but most of these weren't things Montreal was doing to force turnovers they were just it's just bad decisions like that that first pick six wasn't like it was it was a nice play by Dequois but it wasn't anything special that was happening it's just yeah it's just he had good man coverage but you don't throw that ball the second one's a nice right. play. Uh, maybe maybe we give them uh, credit on that one. That was Stubblefield making a nice play, which he's done a lot this year. He's made some really nice plays. But I don't know, not converting third and ones. Um, the the other two picks that, that were to come later. And, and then not generating touchdowns uh, on drives that start out really well and then stall out in... In scoring range, this game could have been so different uh, if just one or two things uh, don't happen in that first half. But that's but that's football too, and that's that's why that's why they didn't just advance the Argos to the final and say, "Well, sixteen and two, you're automatically there. Uh, you got to play the games." And yeah, they just they weren't ready for that. Do you do you feel like is there any part of you that wonders if they were looking ahead and thinking, "Okay, well, we're going to be in the Grey Cup. Uh, no, I wonder who I, will I, play." I don't think so. I don't um, sense that either. Uh, like I mean, I, I mean, I wish we had all twenty-four film. I would like to see how they befuddled Kelly to the point that he sort of went on tilt. Um, because uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is because it wasn't like there was something Montreal was doing defensively that you could then adjust. You just like you just can't adjust 
you just can't make the mistakes. Like that's right. that's what you it was. Like there, there's not an adjustment for 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 throwing those interceptions or 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 not not making the throws. Um, and even that. Let's talk about the the seam route to Devaris Daniels that should have been a touchdown. He didn't see Daniels in time on that, and he never he's never late on that. We've seen Cam Phillips get free. That's what it looked like. One of those Cam Phillips touchdowns where there's a bust. And Daniels went up the seam. There was nobody near him. And if he throw, if he sees that early and throws that, Daniels has all kinds of time and, and runs in for a touchdown. He saw it late, fired it up. For some reason, the wind, which had been blowing uh, hard towards him, just died. And uh, the ball carried. And it was about a foot beyond Devaris's reach. But he was wide open on that play. And it just, he saw him too late. He overthrew the deep route. And these are things Chad Kelly doesn't do. He doesn't miss on deep routes. The wind doesn't usually just suddenly stop. And um, and he doesn't pick it up late. He usually sees it right on time. And just none of that, it goes back to what you said before. He just wasn't quite seeing the field today. It wasn't quite there. And the receivers that he counted on all season long, like Coxie, one target, one catch, 29 yards. Uh, you end up with A.J. Olette as the, the leading receiver with five receptions. Uh, it It's, uh, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't Toronto's day offensively. You know what it reminded me a little bit of? The Winnipeg-Edmonton game before, before Caleros was injured and Winnipeg was losing 22-0 and just they couldn't, they couldn't figure anything. Everything was going wrong. And that's what this game was like except they didn't have a Drew Brown to turn it over to. And not that Winnipeg would even have done that if, if Caleros didn't get injured, but that's everything about this game reminded me of that game where you've got a great team that just, they just did not have it. And uh, for Toronto, it lasted for three quarters. And by the time they started figuring things out, it was, it was too late. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think having a veteran would have, would have helped there because you would have made, you 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 would have made the change. To be honest, you would have made the change coming out of half. Maybe, although again, I don't know if I don't know that I would have, I, knowing I, that it's Chad Kelly because he's no, played think, so well. I no, I understand that, but I think I think the I think the sack fumble immediately after the interception was yeah. the was the dagger. I think then you're like, okay, we we cannot because he because he then came out in the third and just totally imploded. When the Argos were down by 21 points, Hoagie asked me, would you put in Dukes at this point? And I said no, because I I didn't see Dukes bringing the Toronto back from 21 down. Kelly had the potential to do it. No, I agree. No, it was too late at that point. So at that point, it was, yeah. But if you had a veteran, the veteran would have started in the second half, I think, you know, like... When the score was just 10-3 and within within reach, obviously. Just a change, you know, just just to try and get a, a change of, you know, like, look, it's just... That, that happens. So it was, it was too bad, you know, that, but, you know, first year quarterbacks in the playoffs, that unfortunately is, is more, more common than not, um, that they, that it all is a bit too much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing that that huge crowd didn't get a chance to, to enjoy a game because really like it was the worst game Toronto's played uh in in two years years i the the offensive performance i'm not even sure there was a 2019 offensive well, performance there was like game this in, there was the game he went to go see in oh, BC. yeah, yeah there's that one that one <laughs> yeah, was like that's what that was like then. this yeah, yeah that's, since then. that's the last time this this offense looked like that and even they didn't 
they, they scored fewer points, I guess. So yeah, maybe that was as bad. So but. yeah, I do. I feel for the guys, um, you know, in that locker room because they. It was not a question of them looking past or being arrogant or what have you. You know, I think it just, uh, you know, it was just a, a a bunch of really tough plays that that put them in a hole. And and, and unfortunately, I think Montreal is going to lose the Great Cup by twenty one points. I don't know. Oh. Montreal's been like I, I I get what you're saying, but they have done nothing but win down uh, the stretch. Like they're they're on fire right now. I agree. So I, we'll I see. Just, we'll see. I just don't think. I mean, I just you look at this game and I know, but they remind me of some of these Toronto Grey Cup champions, like the like the 2017 team that just yeah. kind of got hot at the right time. Like the but they're this not is, hot. I mean, well, the Owls are hot. They haven't lost since like September. Well, I mean, they are, but I mean, like. I mean, obviously, their kick returner that they signed has been terrific for them. Um, their defense has been amazing since they brought in, really, yeah. since they brought in Sankey. Like, that that defense is kind tough. Kind of, but, like, oh, not really. Kind of. Like, they, honestly, they erased like, Tim White. They Look what they did to the Argos today. I know it was the Argos doing it to themselves, too. Yeah, but. that's what I mean. I just, I'm not going to give them the credit. I just don't. I think I think three of those four interceptions were 100% on the quarterback. Uh, I didn't feel like they were, like, sacking the quarterback. Like, I just didn't feel... I've seen... And they've experienced, uh, you know, I've seen defensive demolitions. That was not a defensive demolition. No, I agree. I agree. But so, they, they have found a way to win. Yeah. No, I know. And it's, it's fine for them. But um, I, I don't think they can. I don't think that I now I want Winnipeg to win. And I would like Winnipeg to then win the Grey Cup. by. Yeah, 40. we'll see. I haven't even checked in on that score. And that's going on as we speak. But uh, we'll we'll see who faces Montreal in the Grey Cup. Um, before we sign off, JB, uh Coach Dinwiddie got a challenge right today. It was his uh, first. Well, he's had many challenges right. I would say Central Command got a challenge right. <laughs> got the challenge right. Yeah, well, Dinwiddie won. It took won. him long enough. It took a long time. It seemed pretty what? obvious to like, me. What is this holdup here? Know. This is clearly pass interference. Like maybe they were debating if they could get away with it one more time. I, <laughs> I, I don't know why that took uh, five minutes. Like, he, you know, but they gave it to him. Yeah, that was, you know. And and they just uh, and then they promptly went and turned the ball over. I think after that, so yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird day. Um, and uh, you know, I think it. The I'm sure there are many people and many fans who are happy to see uh, to see the Argos kind of melt down. But uh, I thought, as you said on the broadcast, you know, it it still was a fantastic season. Um, still so many great games, so many come from behind, so many, um, you know, just enjoyable home games, uh, winning in Halifax, setting records, watching the defensive mastery of, of Coach Mace's team, um, you know, watching Chad Kelly be the, the best quarterback in the league. It, it was a fantastic season. It just, you hate to see you know, it end on something like this, but there are lots of great quarterbacks where you can point to, you know, playoff meltdowns in their first and second year in the playoffs. And, you know, unfortunately that seems to be something that has to happen in football. Yeah, no, indeed. And uh, to give you our schedule, we've got one more podcast left on the docket for this season. It'll be post Grey Cup when we will do our X's and Argos award show. We'll reflect on the Grey Cup and that result and uh, we'll do sort of a season recap as well 
as we give positional grades for positional or positional group grades and, and work our way back through the season. But for this one, that'll be just about all for us today. The Alouettes beat the Toronto Argonauts 38 17. We want to thank again our title sponsor, Something in the Water Brewing. They've been outstanding all season long. And again, thank you for showing up and supporting them, supporting the people that bring you CFL content like the X's and Argos podcast. For JB, this has been Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see you. Fight the fuck.